Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number one. Amen. The Gospel of Mark, chapter number one. And we will begin at verse number 32. Amen. Mark, chapter one. And beginning at verse 32. Amen. If you were um, here last, not this past Tuesday night, but the Tuesday night before, do you remember um, our Bible lesson that we were on? Anybody remember what we taught on the end time? And we taught on something in particular. Remember the name of that lesson? The New World Order. Um, I had a few of you text me when I was in Bolivia and say, send me links because did you see that just a few days after I taught that, did you see our president talking about a all right so I am saying that because it's being validated I think everybody should hear what Pastor Rashidi Collins preached Friday night because it was parts of it were almost verbatim from what I had taught last Tuesday night and then this past Wednesday night at our Vacaville campus about the end time we are living in the end time amen and uh, there is a push for a one world government a one world currency Amen. And if you think that's a good idea, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Because you, 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 you have no clue what's about to happen to you. Because if that happens, there's going to be a one world religion. And it'll be man's religion. And if you remember, I specifically was teaching about the Tower of Babel. And Nimrod. And how the tower with sole purpose was to escape God's judgment. This is what Pastor Collins preached on Friday night. The spirit of Nimrod. The Tower of Babel trying to escape God's judgment. Amen. And so it's just affirmation. God even used the president to affirm. You got to feel pretty special. He said, for those of you that are doubting that pastor was teaching and the word, he, he put it in the mouth of the president to say, new world order. In the context, he didn't just blurt it out. You know, just, it was in the context of what we taught him. And so there is a push for that. And I am saying that to say, we need to get ready for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we have ever seen before. Because I'm not discouraged that the end times are happening. I'm encouraged because that means Jesus is about to come back and we're about to see some great things happen. Amen. As we already are. Verse 32. And at even when the sun did set, they brought him, uh, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases 
and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Amen. Verse 32 again, and at evening or at evening time when the sun did set, at evening time when the sun did set, at evening time when the sun did set, I want to preach to you today on our golden hour, our golden hour, amen. And I believe that with the help of the Lord, he's going to strengthen us and open our understanding. My prayer is this, that the end time does not drive you to buy a property in Montana and grow your own crops and be a weirdo. But that the revelation of this will drive you to be the greatest soul winner evangelist you've ever been in your life. Now, all of this, you won't be joining a political party and out there protesting and picketing and, and you know, all that. But that you will get on your knees and pray for end time harvest for God to use you to reach them. That was the whole point of Matthew 24 was for us to get ready to bring in those that are lost. Amen. Somebody say it's our golden hour. Amen. Would you lift your voice and pray with me this morning? Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence, for the victory that is in this place. I pray that you would open our understanding. Lord, I pray that you would touch our minds and our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would open our, our, our eyes to revelation of what you are doing in this end time and what you are doing in this hour, that you are wanting to use each and every one of us to be a key player in this end time harvest. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us and encourage us by your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead. Give him a little more than that. He's worthy. He is so worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can be seated. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to help pastor preach this morning. Photographers call it the golden hour. The golden hour. The time uh, around sunrise or sunset when photographers catch their greatest shots. Filters, filters that are now on phones and on lenses and apps cannot truly duplicate or replicate the natural awe of that golden hour in the morning or in the evening. We, we live in a life where we try to filter natural things unnaturally. Amen. But you cannot do that with the gold. There's no faking the golden, the golden hour. Amen. I, I see they're always putting out warnings now um, about, uh, they call it catfishing. Amen where somebody don't look like their, their profile picture says they look. Amen. Uh, we didn't have to worry about that stuff growing up because the kind of catfishing we did. <laughs> Amen. I still love catfishing. Amen. With a rod and a reel, growing up we catfished with cane poles and and uh, night crawlers or grasshoppers or chicken livers or dried chicken blood or whatever. Them catfish eat anything. Amen. 
and now there's this because people put on these filters and uh, and they they uh, don't you know, bottom line let me help you out uh, probably not a good place to find a soulmate is on social media all right just 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 throwing that out there may want to try the old-fashioned way of actually meeting that person amen because believe me we already know how to put enough filters on ourselves anyway in person amen and uh, sometimes I, 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 I see these filters and, and these guys can't understand, you know, uh, why when they meet the girl that they were talking to on social media, um, why they didn't fall in love and just get married. And it's because, Jack, you false advertising. You got this filter on that makes you look like He-Man when you look like Pee Wee Herman. Amen. <laughs> All right? And... and you got this, and, and the ladies, I don't understand. I met him, and they didn't fall in love. And so with your filter, hey, man, it, it <laughs> looked like Latoya Jackson in a picture. In person, you look like Freddie Jackson. It's a big difference. <laughs> big difference. Because it's all about that online filter appearance, right? And, and all the filters in the world, and they spend million, hundreds of millions of dollars each year coming up with filters, that, that, but nothing can truly replicate the golden hour. God's divine filter for earth where it reveals, amen, in, in a beautiful way. Nothing else can reveal in those, that light. If you ever stayed near an ocean on vacation, you'll see families on the beach usually dressed all in white or in some other bright color. And they're facing the rising or the setting sun. And the photographer catches and captures the golden moment with some of the most beautiful photographs because God has a way of providing the light, amen, that makes things shine or glow. We have some photographers in this church, and, and they know exactly what I'm talking about, about that golden hour when the light is at its most beautiful, amen. Why is that? Because it's at that hour that the lighting is softer, more diffuse, and warmer in hue. To reach the object of the photograph, light travels obliquely through the atmosphere, making the object seem to glow. Shadows are quite pronounced as a result of the sun being so close to the horizon. It almost seems in those settings as if the sun is touching the earth. Amen. I'm telling you the sun is about to touch the earth. But it's not the S-U-N, it's the S-O-N. He's coming back to this earth. Amen. I said he's coming back to this earth. The golden hour. The golden hour is the prime time for photographers. Racing the setting sun, if you've ever seen it, amen, and you've seen them on the beach in that golden hour, either the golden hour of the morning, and most photographers I know don't like morning, so they want to do it in the evening, amen, but you see them out there, they are racing the clock, getting their lenses set, they're getting their tripod set, they're getting their background set because the sun is setting, and they only have a 
limited amount of time, just, just literally a few moments in that golden hour to get just the right shot, amen. And if they can get everything in place, if they can get everything lined up, then it becomes the most beautiful photographs that can be taken because if you're going to take that picture, you have got to take it before the sun goes down. If you are going to capture that moment, you have got to do it before the sun goes down. Amen. And Jesus in our text in Mark chapter 1 and verses 32 through 34 says, And at evening when, they, uh, when the sun did set, at the evening when the sun did set, they started bringing all those that were possessed with devils and all of those that were diseased. And the city gathered together at the door and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. Amen. I've come to preach to you this morning that we live in the golden hour of the church. I want to encourage you this morning. We live in the golden hour of the church. This is the greatest hour of the church. This is the greatest hour for end time apostolic revival is right now. Do you believe that today? We're living in the golden hour of the church age. The sun the, the sun is, is beginning to set and the shadows are beginning to grow long. I know things look bad, but I'm telling you it is by the design of Almighty God that it is the way that it is. Amen. In 1774, there was a futuristic story that appeared in a British newspaper featuring two visitors, visitors from the Empire of America. This was written in 1774. I want you to try to comprehend this. And they wrote this, and it was set in 1974, 200 years in the then distant future. It followed these two American visitors as they toured the ruins of London. Westminster Abbey had become a stable in this fictitious uh, story. St. Paul's dome was collapsed to the open sky could be seen, and Whitehall was a mere turnip field. One can imagine the shock of the average British reader. The maximum, maximum of that day was uh, that the sun never set on the British Empire, and it challenged their way of thinking. Two years later, and in almost uh, a prophetic way, uh, Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire began to roll off the presses as he wrote that book about the, and, and, and I would highly encourage you to read, history does repeat itself and America is, and I've said this for years, that, that Roman Empire, amen. And, and what, I, I could go into this and talk about this all day, but, but what collapsed Rome, uh, their military conquests, they couldn't afford them anymore. Amen. Don't get mad at me, but I just, we, we can't afford to be the world's police. We're already broke. What else collapsed the Roman Empire? Their passion for entertainment. Amen. 
their passion for entertainment. Amen. And I could go on and on and on. And so the, the, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, that book by Gibbons began to roll off the presses. Amen. It was that same year the sun also began to rise on America when another document was being penned, opening with the words, when in the course of human events. Amen. America's star is no longer rising. Amen. America's star is no longer on the ascending, but history will show that America, if the Lord should tarry his coming, and I, I don't celebrate this. I want you to, to be very clear on that, but if the Lord should tarry his coming 500 years, amen, history will show that America has already started her descent, that she has already reached her zenith, and like many empires before her, the sun has begun to set on her, and the light is slowly beginning to fade, and it grieves me to say this, and I wish it wasn't so, but the, the Bible says that righteousness exalt a nation but sin is a reproach on any nation amen and so we see that sin and unrighteousness is running rampant in this nation and to be very clear for the partisans sitting among us that are trying to pick apart my sermon and see if I'm against Biden or for Trump or for against Trump or for Biden uh, I want you to take a deep breath because that's not me pull your head out of Fox and CNN for a little bit and let the word of God preach to you amen I, got, I just got to say that because I know there are people watching online and maybe in here and they're just going to pick it apart and see and, and, and all of this. I don't got to, I don't play, see, you're playing, you're playing checkers and God's playing 3D chess up here. You, you need to quit being played by the system. I, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last Tuesday night when I taught on the New World Order and understand how, how you're being played. Amen, and, and if you get offended with politics, just brace, hope, hold on to your seatbelt real tight because you're going to get offended. But let me give you scripture for that. Jesus said, blessed is he whomsoever is not offended. Amen. In other words, take it because it's in the word of God. America reached her zenith and is on the decline because sin is rampant. Not because sin is necessarily rampant in our world, but because things that we used to preach against are being so widely accepted in the church. The sun is going down morally in America. Divorce, abortion, sexually transmitted diseases, spousal abuse, crime rates are among the highest in our nation than any other developed nation in the world. Sin is a reproach on any nation. We are to a point now where one of the smartest, probably one of the smartest 500 people on the planet out of fear of being crucified by her own party cannot even define what a woman is. That should offend you. Every, every woman ought to be offended by that. Caitlyn Jenner comes out of the closet wearing his wife's dress and gets woman of the year. Every woman ought to be offended at that. Ought to be outraged. Where are the feminists on this? I'm going to preach to you from the word. So I don't know if I like this kind of preaching. Well, I hope you get prayed through and understand it's coming from the word. Or number two, you might want to find you some little limp-wristed preacher that won't stand up for anything. 
But I'm going to stand on the word. I'm not backing down from this. Go, we got plenty of them in this city. They won't take a stand for anything. But we're going to build a church, a bride of the Lord Jesus Christ that still preaches right is right and wrong is wrong and a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And a man is to marry a woman and a woman to marry a man. And if you got that confused, you're not even right. Stand on the word. Amen. Elder Henderson, I got to keep qualifying this. I, I just, I, I see last Tuesday night, I qualified all this. So you're just only taking a shot at the new president. Well, you didn't hear me with the last one. I'm an equal opportunity shot taker. I spent 70% of my lesson last Tuesday night talking about George H.W. Bush and the ushering in of the New World Order, and all of a sudden you, you, you got your feathers all ruffled up because I'm talking about the current administration. This is one of the most, one of the most overtly evil administrations we've ever seen. Caitlin comes out of the closet wearing his wife's dress. He's still a man. And then all of a sudden we nominate a deputy secretary to the Navy who make, her, make him a four-star admiral. He's been pretending to be a woman for 10 years, and all of a sudden he becomes woman of the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Where are the feminists? Where are the women to stand up in this nation and say, that's not right, uh-uh. No, our, our women have fought too long, too hard over the last hundred years for equality to all of a sudden step back and now admit that men are better women than women. Now, if you're willing to concede that, that's fine, but you're going to give up a hundred years of advancement you've made. A boy pretending to be a girl, uh, he's number 465 in the nation as a boy, but he becomes the number one swimmer in America as a girl. Setting records by 38 seconds, he's setting records. That's like a football team beating the other football team by over 400 points. That's not a girl. That's a boy. I'm, I'm going to preach the truth. I'm, I'm just going to preach the truth. And we've allowed in America, and some of you need to wake up because we've allowed in America the LGBTQ movement to take over the marginalized minorities and equate the marginalized oppression of the minorities to be equated with the LGBTQ. Listen, you choose to kiss another man. You don't choose what color you are. I'm still in the book. I didn't wake up this morning and go into my closet and try to figure out what color I'm going to be today. I was born that way. Amen. Say, well, I was born this way. I don't, I don't have a choice. All sex is a choice. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's all a choice. We're still going to stand on the, well, that's this Neanderthal. That's so archaic. I mean, I can't believe I'm here and preaching like this in 2022. This is unbelievable. Get, get used to it because the darker the world gets, the brighter the church has got to get. We're not going to homogenize with the world. 
Amen. I don't have this credibility with you like, I, like I've done in Vacaville, but because I've been there 14 years. But I've been saying this stuff for years. It's coming. Not a few years. I've been saying this for 14 years. It's coming. And the strategy was never to let men dress like women. That was never the strategy. The strategy was your kids. They want your kids. I said they want your kids. They're slipping books into into elementary school that are too vulgar to be read in public. They won't let the parents read. Some of y'all need to wake up what's going on in your schools. Books like, books like The Lawn Boy that, that, that shows and promotes pedophilia. And this, is being, this is being promoted. And I'm going to tell you, the vast majority of our teachers are wonderful people. It's the people at the top. They want your kids. Because all of a sudden, gender's not a thing. You know, you, you, you can be, I can wake up tomorrow and be a woman. Or I can five minutes from now want to be, I, I can't even think of all the acronyms. I heard there's like 80-something new identities. How about this? We'll, we'll go to what the Bible says. He created them male and And any church that won't take that stand is not a church. It's a puppet of hell. A puppet of hell. A puppet of hell. That's it. You only get one choice, man or woman. And I don't mean to be so crude, but if you're confused, just go home and go in the bathroom. You'll figure it out really fast. You see, this didn't used to be controversial. But all of a sudden, we started letting politics in the church. Politics don't belong in the church, and the church don't belong in politics. Paul wrote his son of the gospel and said, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this world. In other words, don't get caught up in the world system. We're a part of a kingdom, not a democracy. They want our kids. That's the whole agenda. Because if gender is only whatever you want it to be. And, and, and now people are identifying as different races, which ought to be one of the greatest insults. The whole point was never that. The whole point was when that, when that 53-year-old pervert talking to your 11-year-old kid online, when they meet up, and he says, well, it's, I, I identify as a 12-year-old. I'm telling you the gospel truth right now. Say, it's never going to get like that, Pastor. What we, we didn't think 10 years ago it would be where it is right now. You better wake up. I know it's Sunday. I've already blown this thing out of water. It's, Pastor, we're not supposed to say this on Sunday. I think people, I think when people find out there is a church that will teach what the Bible says, I think they'll run to it. If you're watching online, do me a favor. Next time you see your pastor, go to him and say, how do you feel about same-sex marriage? How do you feel about transgender identity? How do you feel about that? And if he cannot look you or if she cannot look you in the eyeball and tell you what the Bible says, I'm going to pack a bag and run, baby. They want the kids. That's what it's always been. Why do you think they're trying to teach kindergartners? They can be whatever gender they want to be. They're grooming them. They're grooming them. 
Our education system from the top down is pushing pedophilia grooming. You got no right as an adult to talk to a five-year-old about their sexuality. If you do, you are a pedophile. I got anybody believing what I'm saying this morning? If you're an adult and you sit down with a seven-year-old and try to convince him he's a girl and you talk to them about your personal sexuality, you are so sick in the head. That is so evil and demonic. Leave our kids alone. Leave our kids alone. Whatever happened to innocence, let these kids be innocent. You know what they found out scientifically and the government's repressing these studies in Europe. They found out that over 90% of the children of the boys that played with dolls and the girls that played with trucks, if you left them alone, they went back to what was natural. And some of these states run by these demonic dictators are wanting to allow, like in the state of Oregon, they want to be able to give your children puberty-blocking drugs and you don't even get notified about it. People ought to go to prison for that. Abortion is run rampant. Abortion is even accepted in the church now. Let me back up. It's being accepted in religious. It ain't accepted in the church. Children are not an inconvenience. Children are not an accident. Children are a gift from God. I really thought I'd have more than that, but I, children are a gift from Almighty God. God is the giver of life and the taker of life, and anything else is murder. Talked about it on last Tuesday night. Go listen to the details. The whole point of Planned Parenthood was to get rid of minorities in America. You can get mad at me, but it's the gospel truth, and they're doing a good job. That's why they plant two or three in every urban area. The newest Planned Parenthood off the Gulf Freeway in Houston is now the largest abortion clinic in the world. It will contribute to 3,900 babies aborted each day in America. That's one child each 22 seconds. 50 million babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade. And that's more than the combined populations of Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, Minneapolis, St. Paul, New Orleans, New York, Phoenix, Sacramento, San Francisco, Seattle, St. Louis, and Washington, D.C. Just wipe them out. Rather than becoming a nation of in God we trust, we become the nation of in self we trust. The family is dissolving. Marriage is crumbling and being redefined. And let me say this, it's easy to be anti-abortion, but are you pro-children? In other words, let's just don't say you can't do that, but how about opening up our homes for adoption that we can be able to help these young single mothers? George Barner wrote and said that the enemy of America today is not Iraq, it's not Afghanistan, it's not Russia, it's not China, it's not communism, it's not the Somalian pirates, but the greatest enemy in America today is the moral degradation and spiritual complacency of Americans. And the sun is going down in America. Economically, 
The sun is setting. A friend told me recently that when he was in prayer, God confirmed to him that these times must come. For these will be the times that permit a false Messiah to arise and will push Europe forward into a coming, amen, new world order. You may recall that at sunset, sunset, Daniel and Daniel 9 and 21 saw a vision. Amen. He saw a revived roaming empire which would emerge in the last days. Today, the development of a one world economy, a global currency, and a one-world solution to our problems are paving the way for this to happen. Jesus said in Luke 21 and 28, he said, when you see these things come to pass, you need to lift up your eyes because your redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. I am I am saddened by the things that happen to our children. Amen. I am saddened by the moral decline, but I'm telling you, I am excited because the darker the night gets the brighter the light can shine and God has called us to be a city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hid amen the gospel, amen, the gospel of accommodation has taken a large role in American churches. You see, the sun is setting spiritually on America. Doctrine is negotiable. Convictions are, are expendable. A recent study from the pre Pew Research says that over 44% of adults attending church have abandoned their childhood faith. And they have little reasons to do with anything with doctrine but a personal preference. People are disposing of convictions like yesterday's trash. Amen. Families that pray together are a rarity. Families that live for God together are a rarity. I'm telling you, one of the greatest marks against this nation is not what they're doing in the crack house. It's not what they're doing in the bar room. It's not even what they're doing in D.C. But one of the greatest indictments against this nation, amen, is the complacent Christians that sit back and say, well, as long as it don't affect me in my house, I'm going to be all right. You know what? We need in the golden hour, we need a prayerful church. We need a red hot interceding church that says, not my city, not my family, not my home, not my nation. I've come to tell you the only reason why sin is prevailing right now is because churches are at ease in Zion. But the moment the people of God come together and realize this is our moment, this is our hour, Something's going to turn around. Perilous times are in the way. I know this is starting out. I, I, I know this is heavy, but I'm going to preach to you the reality of where we are. Perilous times are in, on, in the wings. We see such times. Amen. When we see such times, we need to learn, amen, the wisdom of our enemy. Paul said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning the devices of the devil. Amen. And some of us are like a three-year-old trying to work a supercomputer. We don't even know what button does what the enemy comes against us and we don't even know why but Paul said I don't want you to be ignorant when it comes to how the devil works see if you would understand how the devil works you would realize that most of the things happening in your life that are not self-inflicted are coming by the device of the devil he wants to divide the church 
I said he won't, that's why we can't let politics in the church. He wants to divide the church. He wants to keep Republicans over here and Democrats over here, white over here, black over here, uh, gender here, gender there, personal leaning here. It doesn't belong in the church because Paul said in the kingdom of God, there is neither bond nor free, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. In other words, what Paul said is when we get in the church, the only thing that matters is a pursuit of the kingdom of God. The only thing that matters is reaching the lost and preaching the gospel to every nation. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. When Satan knows that his time is short, he grows busier and more focused is what Revelations 12 and 12 says. And I'm gonna tell you, if Satan's getting more focused, the church needs to get more focused. If Satan is getting more busy, the church needs to get more busy. The sun's going down. While that may sound incredibly negative to me, there's a bit of good news because Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 7 says, it shall come to pass that at evening time there shall be light. The sun may be going down, but get ready for a golden sunset. Get ready for a golden hour. Get ready for something to glow. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We used to sing the old song, there shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Through the waterway it is the light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sins and the Holy Ghost will enter in. The evening light has come. It is the fact that God in Christ is one. This is our golden hour. This is the time for the church to arise. Amen. I didn't preach all that to get you discouraged. I preached that this morning to inform you of where we are. We are coming to the brief moment when the church is going to glow like she's never grown before. We're coming to that brief moment in time where the church is going to shine like she's never shined before. But pastor, what if they persecute us? We're going to shine on. What if they talk about us? We're going to shine on. What if they oppress us, we're going to shine on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I remember a time. Amen. And, and I, I know I've said this many times over the last two years. But if you don't think they want to shut the church down, you need to get your head examined. We'd have never thought three years ago, Brother Moreno, they'd ever shut a church down. If you'd have told us in 2019 that in 2020, our governor and local law enforcement would have tried to shut us down, that they were arresting pastors, they weren't letting them gather, they were fining them $60,000 a service. Amen. We would have laughed at you and said, not in America. We've got the First Amendment. Amen. And they're never going to. And then in 2020, a pandemic comes uh, and these demonic, power hungry mayors and governors, uh, amen, they all of a sudden decided they're going to lock the church. Notice, they didn't shut down the strip clubs. Uh, they didn't shut down the liquor store. The abortion clinics were wide open. Amen. Walmart wouldn't shut. They wanted to shut down the one thing they knew had influence and power in people's life. And that is the church of the pastor. What if they try to shut us down? You can't stop the light. You can't stop the light. 
I'm talking about a city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hid. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a... No, I'm going to let it shine. It's the golden hour. Oh, I feel revival in this place right now. Somebody shout the golden hour. We used to sing it in Sunday school, this little lot of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little lot of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Amen. We would say, won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it. Some of you need to protect your light. You need to quit letting Satan blow it out. You need to quit letting social media blow it out. You need to quit letting friends blow it out. You need to quit letting ambition blow it out. You need to quit having a lack of a prayer life that blows it out. You're unfaithfulness, blowing it out. You need to let that light shine. It's our golden hour. Oh, I feel like dancing in this house this morning. This is the greatest hour for the church. Woo. We weren't around. We weren't around for the golden hour of the church's sunrise in that first golden hour in the book of Acts. We weren't there for the opening, amen. We weren't there when Simon Peter at the opening of book of Acts said that this was the church in the last days in Acts 2 and 17. The book of Acts records the church's golden hour at sunrise like snapshots in a photo display. In Acts 2 and 1 through 4, we see 120 filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 41, we see 3,000 souls added to the church. In Acts 3, we see a lame man being healed at the gate beautiful like snapshots at the sunrise. Amen. In Acts 4, we see 5,000 people added to the church. In Acts 8, we see a city that was reached by one witnessing saint. In Acts chapter 8, 26 through 39, a country is reached by one saint witnessing to one man in the desert. Asia was reached. Africa was reached, Europe was reached, the world was turned upside down, and that was just in the first sunrise. God's gonna do things in the end time that's gonna blow your mind. I said God's gonna do things in the end time that's gonna blow your ever-loving, pee-picking mind. It's gonna fry your little noodle, a man of a brain, and you think God's only done it some way. And God, I'm telling you, that's why I got so much faith. That's how God is connecting this church. I don't know if you heard what I said. It's a, well, it's a cool story Pastor said about sitting by that. You don't understand that God is strategically placing us in the kingdom for this time, that we were made for this moment. God said, there may be nothing that comes about of that eight-hour conversation with that woman, but what just might come about is some of the most influential people on planet Earth uh, looking into what God, God could touch them. I said God could touch them. God could turn their life around. In the book of Acts, the second most powerful person in Ethiopia was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. It's about time the most influential people in the world in the last days get filled. 
I'm talking about entertainers uh, getting born again. I'm talking about governors being born again. I'm talking about prime ministers and presidents and premiers being born again. Why? It's our golden hour. Come on, shout to the Lord if you believe that today. I don't know if you're aware or not. I don't know if you're aware or not, but a few weeks ago, amen, and I'm not going to get into all this, amen, but God is connecting us to influential families, amen, in very influential places. And if you think that it's because of money, amen, you got another thing coming. It's because they're a soul, amen, because they're a soul. And even the Apostle Paul preached this to them by the end of his ministry. This thing had started out in an upper room, but it was exploding. And by the end of it, he says, uh, you greet those in Caesar's household uh, that are of the faith. In other words, uh, the gospel was being preached uh, and the gospel was being received in the house uh, of the Caesar, the most powerful man in the entire world, uh, the emperor of Rome. People in his family were being born again. I don't know about you, First Church, uh, but it's time to quit believing God for the minimum uh, and start believing God for exceeding abundantly yes God's going to save your kids yes God's going to save your spouse but at the same time God's going to save people of renown come on somebody shout it's our golden hour Hey Amen, I watched so much criticism. Hey Amen, is this all right this morning? Hey Amen, I tried to shave some off, but I'm almost done. I watched people blasting Kanye West. Hey Amen, because they, oh, he's going crazy and all this stuff. Look at him. And I thought to myself, here we are with a hand on our judgmental pharisaical hips, and we're looking at him and saying, well, he ain't, he, he not. I mean, just a few years ago, he was a dope fiend. Just a few years ago, things were going crazy in his life. Hey Amen, I don't care what step you take toward God. Any step is a step in the right direction. And here we are criticizing this. And cri Could it be that, and I'm just throwing this out there, but could it be that God is getting Kanye into a place where he can receive Jesus' name baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost? But if the church is too pharisaical, if the church is too closed-minded, Anybody hearing me this morning? This is our greatest hour. This is our golden hour. The, this was, in Acts, was the church's golden hour at sunrise. This was the apostles' golden hour at sunrise. This was the time, the golden hour of Peter, James, John, and Paul. It was the golden hour of Lydia, Priscilla, Mary, and Martha. But now we live in the last of the last days. That was the sunrise golden hour. This this is the sunset golden hour. This is our hour of acts. This is our hour of outpouring. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I believe somebody's gonna get a revelation this morning. We're not a church across the tracks. We're not some little bitty hard-pressed church. No, no, we are the church of Almighty God and God is getting ready to pour out his spirit in the city of Woodland like we've never dreamed of. 
Come on, go ahead and lift your voice to the Lord if you believe that. If you notice in our text, if you notice in our text, the Bible said they brought to Jesus the sick and the hurting at sunset. I said they brought the sick and the hurting and the demon possessed. They brought them to Jesus when, Sister Elva? They brought it at the golden hour of evening time. They brought unto him the worst of the worst at evening time. You better go ahead and get it out of your mind that God's gonna fill this church with those good sinners. You know, they got 2.3 kids. They live in a little house with a white picket fence, make a great salary, and no, no. God's gonna bring in some drug dealers in the... Are you feeling what I'm feeling? I feel faith this morning. I said God's going to save some pimps. God's going to save some prostitutes. God's going to save the homeless. God's going to save the white-collar crime and the, and the blue-collar criminals. It's our golden hour. As the sun is setting, God's sending us to hurting I said, if as the sun is setting, God is sending us. You better get ready. If you want to be a part of this golden hour revival, you better learn to free up your calendar. You better learn to loosen up your time. Amen. Of frivolity. And you better realize that God's going to send us high maintenance people. Pastor, I won't have time for my knitting class. And I won't have time to shine my shoes. And I won't have time to arrange my bubblegum collection. Well, you just might not have time because God's going to send the needy at the golden hour. He's going to send the addict at the... He's going to send the motherless at the golden hour. He's going to send the fatherless at the golden hour. He's going to send the cancer stricken at the golden hour. He's going to send the demon possessed. I think I've come to tell you that no matter what comes our way, he's made us for this moment. Paul and Peter to come back for this moment. They weren't made for this moment. You were made for this moment. You're the one that's been chosen for sunset. They were chosen for sunrise. Because you see, the, the ladder of a thing is always greater than the beginning of it. I'm working on a message. I'm going to ruin it right now. I'm working on a message right now. Sister Red says, when seconds better than first. Because the second atom is better than the first atom. Are you with me? The second birth is better than the first birth. And the second coming of Jesus is going to be greater than the first coming of Jesus because he's coming back in the golden hour. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. It's time to get busy about the Father's business. I pray God convict you every Sunday we pull in this parking lot. We don't have a guest with us. I shouldn't have said that. We were happy until I said that. 
I said, we ought to pray God convict us if Saturday evening rolls around and we don't have a commitment for somebody to join us with. It ought, it ought to smite our heart that we wake up Sunday morning and we don't have a we hadn't invited anybody all week to come to church. Don't you ask for Peter and James and John and Lydia and Priscilla to come back. They were made for the they were made for the golden hour of the morning. You were made for the golden hour of the evening. Bear Rabbit was caught by Mr. Fox in Uncle Remus's tail. And he told Mr. Fox, he said, You can roast me, you can drown me. You can skin me, you can tear me limb from limb. But whatever you do, Mr. Fox, don't you throw me in that briar patch. Mr. Fox hurled him into that briar patch. He heard no shriek of pain. He heard no screams of agony. He only heard the rabbit laughing as he bounced his way out of the briar patch saying these words. Oh, Mr. Fox, don't you know that I was born and bred in a briar patch? Apostle, step back. This is our moment. This is our briar patch. God has made you for this hour. God has made you for... God chose you for this briar patch. God chose you for this hour. God chose you for this struggle. I feel like shouting this morning. God has made you for the moment. else ready to have victory this morning man I feel revelation in this you feel strength in this morning because I know what you're saying but pastor you spent 15 minutes telling us how bad everything is but if all you got was how bad things are then you don't got a revelation of how God works because my Bible tells me Adrian that where sin doth abound you know the rest of it where sin doth abound Sin doth the bound, does grace much more. Where sin is great, grace is greater. We're living in the greatest hour of grace. We're living in the greatest hour of revival. I feel something in the whole. I don't know if you can feel what's happening in this place right now. But right before I walked up, I, I, I told Brother Garza, I said, I, I just feel, I, I texted I text my wife and I said, pray. I thought I was really going down over. I'm jet lagged. I haven't been able to rest since I got home. I'm wore out from that. It took us 50, it took us 58 hours to get to Bolivia. It took us 30 hours to get back. We traveled more than we were actually in the nation of Bolivia. And I said all that not for sympathy, but to get you. I was sitting over there thinking to myself, I almost had Brother Garza to preach something, but I'll tell you what, I feel a spirit of prophecy on me right now. And if that disturbs you, you're not going to enjoy being under this ministry because we believe in the prophetic around here. The day is upon this church that if you will labor, he will reward. 
You better hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. If you'll get your prayer life in order, if you'll get your Bible reading, you hear me right now, God is calling strategic people to this place. And I prophesy to the dry bones. I prophesy to a dry baptistry. I prophesy to empty altars. And I prophesy right now in the Holy Ghost that in the golden hour of this church, I still believe that we're not too far. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Matter of fact, the more, the more some of your carnality bucks against me, the wilder I'm going to get. The more some of you allow your doubt to rise up, I'm about to turn loose like a tornado in this place. I'm telling you, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. If our Thursday night prayer will get us packed at Sunday morning church, we're going to see a hundred people receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized in 2022. I was praying, amen, elder. I was praying in Bolivia in the room. I couldn't breathe. Amen. At night, I didn't sleep. I may have slept in about two hours every night. You just can't breathe at that altitude. And I woke up one night, amen, and, and I wasn't in a dream. I was having a vision from the Lord for our campuses. And I saw this building. I'm telling you, when I say it was packed, it was, matter of fact, we were ticking them off. It was so packed that we were having to do 8 a.m. service and a 10 a.m. service. I'm not talking about five years down the road. I, it was, I know it was very recent because I wasn't a whole lot bigger than I am now so I knew it had to be quick and I mean I saw this place Brother John, I saw packed. I saw two extra rows up here. I saw an extra row back there, and it was packed. And I remember Brother Garza, amen, fussing around me like he does, amen, trying to keep things in order. And I remember Brother Garza fussing in the altar service, and he was saying, Pastor, we, I, he said, we got about 20-something people that are getting baptized outside right now. We need to hurry this thing along because the next group's coming in. He said, the next group's coming in. He said, Pastor, we got to get this altar area cleared out. There's people waiting in the parking lot. They're backed up down the street trying. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.